welcome to another exciting episode of the Power Perspectives podcast, where today we delve into the power of gaming and some ability to unlock valuable skills. I'm your host, Stephen, and today we have a special guest with us, Alex, an avid gamer who will be sharing their insights on the skills we can learn from games. Gaming is more than just a pastime. It offers an immersive experience that challenges our problem-solving abilities, critical thinking skills, and much more. Today we explore what it makes gaming special and how it can be a powerful tool for learning and developing skills. Through this episode, we'll be discussing games that have profound impact on Alex's skill sets, comparing the learning experiences offered by games to classical methods, and examining the concept of learning by doing. We'll also address the difficulties one might encounter in learning from games and how to undercut them. Let's start by exploring why gaming is more than just a pastime. Alex, thank you for joining us today. Can you share what initially drew you into gaming as a form of entertainment and why it has become such a popular pastime. Right. I'm happy to be here, Stephen. Um, what I'll say about my experience is that I first took up a pastime in gaming when I was eight years old. I don't truly understand that the reasons for me originally doing that, but have doing been doing it ever since. What I will say is, is that it empowers the user in a lot of different ways, especially um, kids or young adults or a few other types of people who oftentimes feel like they don't have as much agency as they want in the real world over their actions. It feels like gaming gives them that kind of agency, whatever that may be. Uh, it's different a little bit than, well, like fantasizing about something or watching a movie or being entertained. Because in gaming, you're actually doing something and your decisions, ideally, in the game matter. Um, and that's such a beautiful part about gaming, right? Is that you can kind of create these sort of uh, journeys and experiences that really tests yourself and it's not kind of just a simulation. Both of us has been quite a sort of enjoyable pastime. And um, like what sort of like areas of gaming have you sort of found has um, made it uh, into your life? Well, let's see. Um, I was homeschooled right after sixth grade. So around when I was turning 12, 13. And during that period of time afterwards that I did not have as much social interaction with other people because we were traveling and I did not need to attend school. It was nearly completely a self-study program. So I did not go out too much and instead I stayed home and I read a lot of books and I participated in a lot of other activities on which I could get a proper education. One of those pastimes that I do realize right now would be gaming. And I developed a completely different skill set because of it yeah. when you take a look at a classical education and one when you learn something in school versus when you learn something in gaming. But it is not too different than if I were to be placed into an alternative type of school where it taught me like a trade secret or like a, a trade school of some sort. 
And uh, yeah, it sounds like it's uh, been a big part of your sort of life and journey. And um, how would you say in terms of this uh, alternate form of education it's sort of been and maybe the skills you sort of learned, how has your perspective on that been sort of shaped? Okay. Um, well, there's, there's a lot of different ways that you could take a look at skills that you can potentially get from gaming. Um, it really depends on the type of game that you're playing as well. You have all of these kinds of creation games that give you uh, agency over what kind of things that you can create in the game engine. Um, the most basic example that everybody knows is probably Minecraft that awakens a kind of sense of maybe creativity and planning. But on the other end of the spectrum, you have these hard systematic games with like lots of math and systems going on in each other and interacting that teach you um, ability to analyze information and problem solving ability. And um, then there's a bunch of things, anything in between. Uh, I'm not talking only about like the kinds of action games that you typically hear about, like Call of Duty or fighting games or uh, a few other things like that. But um, those do have their own skill set that come with that if you look at them deep enough. And the process of learning um, from a game only happens to those people who want to get better at the game, not necessarily the people who want to experience the game. So a kind of difficulty or imposed difficulty from the game is required to learn a skill set. But once you have that, you can learn a variety of different things depending on how you interact with the game. And um, this is an interesting idea of like games actually can be quite productive and you know um, useful life skills that are learned because parents will often think, oh, my kid's going off um, <laughs> to go to play Minecraft or whatever. Oh, they're wasting time. They should be doing something, you know, in quotes, more productive kind of belief where if someone like does it all day or if they do it professionally it's like no they're just wasting time it's useless and um you know this can be quite the contrary right what do you think on this misconception and kind of that's out there that maybe should be a bit um re reanalyzed by people uh, what i will say is that um games right they don't necessarily teach you something if you're just playing them if you're trying to get better at them, they teach you something. And there's a big difference between those two types of mindsets. So when I look at one person in particular, I don't know whether or not they are playing a game that they will learn from. It depends on the game and it depends on how they're playing the game. If they're just going about playing the game to experience it and they're not really interacting with any of the systems involved, they're not trying to comprehend the story, they're not reading all of the dialogue that it might give, anything like that. If there's no takeaways from that game, then they're not going to be learning something regardless of what kind of game that they are playing. But for those people who try to think about problems and how to solve them, how to get better at something, who want to improve their skills, and just get to another level in the game after a kind of difficulty hurdle or just want to improve in a game to maybe beat all of their friends. They start often researching or thinking about 
new methods that they can tackle problems. And this does inevitably lead to a new perspective on, and a new acquired skill on how they can solve that kind of thing. It, it also requires a little bit of, at the very least, it requires a little bit of awareness on your own personal skills and where you can improve, especially. And once you get over those hurdles of, I want to improve at this game, then you can absolutely learn from the game. That's, that's what I will say. So I'm not going to try to contest all of those parents that say playing games is a waste of time. I'm going to say that you can learn from games and you can learn very important skills from games, but you don't necessarily do. That's yeah. what I'll say. The, the intent sort of needs to be there. It's as if you're learning any sort of skill, right? If you're already good at it, there's not much to learn. But, and also, if you aren't actually having a sort of a structured approach and sort of direction about what you're learning, then it's kind of just almost aimless absorbing of knowledge in a way. Um, uh, yeah, it's very much almost like watching a movie. It's reacting on instinct rather than actually thinking about what you're doing. And why do you think uh, gaming could be set apart from other forms of entertainment as a educational tool? Like what differentiates it the moment you put it out there as, hey, maybe we can use it as this? So gaming has a bunch of different like systems in place. The player generally interacts with a game on their terms and they have power over something in the game. And so from a very simple perspective, the player learns a tangible cause and effect relationship between themselves and something in the game. And so with that cause and effect relationship, they can learn a lot of different skills that they often in the real world would only be able to learn through experience. Um, oftentimes, experience where it's actually bad to make mistakes but gaming is a simulated platform where those mistakes don't cost you anything which i think is a valuable asset to have uh yes there's um there's nothing to lose right it's like you can you just keep going at it and um there's no sort of downside it's it is reassuring in a way. Um, it can also be uh, frustrating. Um, like, how do you think currently gaming is sort of creating opportunities um, for engagement and active participation that would aid in learning? So, okay, um, for this, I would actually give you one of my first examples in uh, games that changed the way that I saw well, my life and to, to an extent society and also gave me a lot of different skills in the process and one that I very vividly remember. So when I was eight years old, actually this was, um, this was when I was 10, um, I picked up a game. Uh, I didn't know what, anything about, about it at the time. It was called uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. And for those of you that are familiar with that, um, that aren't familiar with that game. 
It is a JRPG. It is was the first role-playing game that I ever played. And it has a big focus on tactics, which is a strategic skill that focuses a lot on problem-solving ability to be able to hold and understand information and to react to like opponents and to predict opponents' movements. The same kind of skill set that you'd learn from chess, except in a more broader spectrum. But at the same time as I was learning this from the game mechanics itself, I was also learning the perspective that the RPG brought to the world, which was a unique, more, I guess, cynical perspective about life that I had not run into during that period of time. Uh, the plot of Final Fantasy Tactics is one of very similar to Game of Thrones in a way that it's a lot of different kinds of kingdoms and a lot of different players going after different things, undermining each other, and causing a lot of issues for lots of people in between. And it's very much a humanity versus humanity setting. All of the ways that it fits together and presents the story um, was very excellent and it made me vividly show all of that kind of thing. So the game itself introduced me to a new perspective. It improved my reading skills significantly because it was all text-based. Um, it improved my problem-solving ability because I had to think my way through all of these crazy problems that it threw at me. And you said storytelling was quite a big sort of factor in that one. How do you feel like storytelling as an element um, aids in the, the skills you can learn from games? Um, is, is it important in terms of this approach? Storytelling in games, it depends on how you, on the game itself, right? Um, Final Fantasy Tactics, the example that I brought up, uh, the story wasn't too different than, say, watching a movie, right? Um, but the difference is, is that you are more invested and you pay more attention to the story as it's being presented, because it is present, being presented at your pace rather than watching a movie. Well, the screen doesn't advance if you don't press the A button, and you're reading all of the text and you're reading all of the dialogue, ideally. You do come out of the experience with a more comprehensive and more tangible feel of the story versus if you were to just watch a movie. So when you're taking um, gaming as more of a, a means to develop skills, you first have to think about, okay, it, it, the reason I'm picking it is because it's quite engaging as one of the aspects. And what, what about gaming can make it more engaging than other sort of related sort of enjoyment forms and just in general? Like, what's it got going for it that really draws people in, makes them want to come back? And in the terms of learning, just makes them want to you know, keep doing it even through the frustration. That depends on several different things and that very much depends on a person, right? Um, I will not say that, he, uh, that everybody would enjoy games and I would say that a lot of people enjoy different games for a variety of different reasons. 
A lot of people play games because they're emotionally invested. A lot of people、um, play games because they want to prove themselves in some kind of situation where they feel like they need to. Artificial situation, of course, but it's still a situation that is tangible to them and that they. They do feel a power over, so they see it as a form of self-validation. Then there's the people who are, I guess, they look at something, and they want to look at something with depth, and they're innately curious, and they want to deconstruct how something works. Right?、Um, I guess you'd call those like the the scientists or the engineers of. Right, the gaming sphere, and those people, they will take a look at you know a board game like chess or a video game like Final Fantasy Tactics, and they will figure out their own weird things and be driven by that sense of curiosity rather than、uh, well the emotional attachment, right,、yeah. or the emotional experience. Sometimes people play on their own, but sometimes. You'll play with others.、Um, it can ha- involve a lot of social interaction and collaboration. Maybe just chat about how that's brought out, and then maybe how the fact that it's around in gaming can be useful for teaching.、Uh, one of the big things that、uh, a lot of people probably struggle with is learning cooperation, especially during school.、Um, a lot of times, when you have group projects. A lot of the other people in the project are not as invested as you, so you inevitably do most of the work,、uh, and you don't necessarily coordinate with other people. You don't need to coordinate with other people because there's nothing important that they are doing. Or maybe you're one of those slackers who's not actually invested, and you let someone else do the whole thing because they seem like they want to do it in the first place. It's it doesn't really matter, but with games, right? Especially cooperative games, it's an optional activity that people enjoy. So if you get into a game and you are assigned a team, or you bring your own friends and you make a team out of them, everybody is invested immediately, and everybody's going to be trying pretty hard at the game, especially if it's a competitive game that. Has you guys going up against someone else, and so through that, you get to experience teamwork with people who are actually invested, and coordination with them is a very valuable skill that otherwise you don't get to experience potentially until you have a job where you need to coordinate with people. Yeah, we spend our sort of.、Um... A use through schooling, very much refining our own sort of kind of abilities and not interacting with those abilities with other people. And then you go into the work world, and all of a sudden, <laughs> it's you and a couple others on the same project. And now you now all of a sudden things like you know people skills and collaborative abilities、um, may be lacking. And so maybe games is a way to to help with this. Have you sort of personally seen the impact of Gaming on someone's、uh, personal growth and development,、um, like a good sort of a use case <laughs> that someone could study, maybe. In D and D, right, or in role playing games, you often have this book with a lot of different rules, right? And、um, 
it's idea and some of these people are less stringent and are more or more stringent on these rules it's a free form game it's a tabletop rpg and you can play it as you want to with the group that you want i've seen people more professionally develop their research and writing skills because of this format the reason being is that you're given this massive book or this massive amount of information online to play this game that someone typed up and easily covers more than a thousand pages in total content. And you need to be able to sift through that information, you need to be make sense of it, and you need to be able to make a judgment on whether or not this is going to be useful in this circumstance or, or this circumstance. And so through knowing a few people and seeing them play this game before and after, I've seen their research skills develop inside a work setting. You can learn research skills by looking up information in this huge book. Like that's, that's what research skills are, right? Um, and if you have any like, um, sort of, if you need rule clarifications, you go online and you try to find rule, rule clarifications from different sources. It's, it's that, that process is absolutely something that I've witnessed. It's a, a little bit hard to explain directly. You see it in people's writing and you see it in people's, the way that they cite their sources and uh, a variety of different places. Rules has always, has always been kind of an interesting one in the gaming world where it does create sort of instances of having to do a lot of you know, research beforehand and then while you're you know, performing, you know, you're playing or running the game and then you have to, rules being applied to context often leave sort of gaps that you can't just write on a, a, yes. in a book. And so those moments will create a bit of tension because these vested interests of the various players may be different. And so the outcome of it um, may have an emotional carrying, right? You know, if, if it rules this way, well, then my good thing happens for me. And if it rules that way, ooh, I have to replan everything. And so there's a lot at stake in terms of the games and the characters and so on. And um, yeah, it sort of can become quite a debate, right? You know, players will be back and forth sort of throwing ideas yes. out and trying to understand the way that it was said, the rules were said and written, the reason behind it, who was saying it. And so it's almost like, it feels like lawyering up, trying to pull together what, what is the source of truth in a medium that uh, struggles to provide that in a way. But, uh, and that, yes. that, but it's quite an engaging and collaborative process say is is that um a lot of people they don't learn the rules of games right they have no interest in it they they want immediate gratification so right um if you're like those people typically stick to games that are very rules light or action games or games where they don't have to think um so you can very much separate what kind of people are actually learning the skills from a game based off of whether or not they are playing complex games based from the rules. You tapped on, uh, I think, sort of three kind of areas of um, 
things that'll come up in the game, um, strategy, tactics, and just general problem solving. And um, gamers will know these as very common sort of recurring things that you experience in games. And so, so what, what are those to you in, in kind of gaming and the importance of, um, you know, overcoming them or just um, thriving through them? Okay, so like um, when I was, as a kid, you're not really inclined to learn as much or you don't see the point if things are too easy. So once you reach a brick wall that you know you can climb over, and then if you work up the willpower to climb over that, that starts the problem-solving process. Once you get there, you can learn that. With Final Fantasy Tactics, I had these strange encounters that I tried repeating several times over, and I think like on the fifth try, I realized that I could do something completely differently. And so that sort of started me learning problem-solving skills organically from that experience. On the other topics, I think one of the biggest ones that you can take away is management experience. Like we, we talked about coordination and coordinating with a team, but games also provide you often so much power to shape the world around you and also plan to overcome a large obstacle. So in these games, like um, th these are high strategy games. Um, the example that I will give is um, my first game that I ever played, which is Sid Meier's Alpha Centauri. And that's a game where you control a huge civilization in a futuristic setting on a different planet. Um, and you engage in diplomacy with a bunch of different factions that are potentially trying to reach their own end goal. That, that end goal might be world domination, that might be scientific discovery, that might be trying to make peace with everyone. It really depends and it's a lot very, how do you say, it's very organic. But you need to really plan out every stage of improving your society in such a game about strategy. And that, in turn, gives you hands-on experience with vision and management. It's not necessarily managing people, because in this area, your authority is unquestioned. But it gives you the ability to plan ahead and formulate a plan based off of what you feel like you need. And if you make that hard, if you make that process hard and if you make a demand for something, then people keep thinking on how can I improve this because I am struggling with it. I want to make it feel better. Well, there's quite a lot of different areas of gaming, but what sort of tools uh, does gaming have in itself if you're trying to use it to teach a skill, like, like why does it have an offer that it can utilize to say to, when you're trying to design a game to teach someone a skill? Being able to have power and influence the game world teaches the player that they have agency, that they can do something in the world that will cause this to happen. And if they see different outcomes of that, that teaches 
them cause and effect, which leads to a lot of different um, ways that you ways and skills that you can teach. There's also, I guess, a sense of freedom, right? Especially with these open world games or Minecraft that you don't have with an assignment that you are given in school. So with this sense of freedom, you need to be able to search for something that you want or go after something that your decide. So it gives you a sense of exploration that you might be able to get outdoors in a, a modern society, but but you can't really get that in school. So it's more like play, um, but in a game world, things can happen much faster and you have more power. So you can shape it easy. Then there is a medium which it is presented, right? So with movies and other kinds of entertainment, um, the movie proceeds at the movie's pace. It doesn't slow down if you don't understand something. It doesn't speed up if you're bored. With a game, it does do that, right? It there There's checkpoints that you need to achieve some certain task before you can move on to the next step. So it is artificial pacing based off of the user. And so people must be engaged in order to play through the game. And being engaged like this at your own pace is much better than someone in a room lecturing you about a topic and dump information dumping of you and maybe your mind wanders off somewhere and then you come back after 10 minutes, right? And you, you're still staring at the thing, but you wonder what happened or what you missed in the last 10 minutes. Or maybe you're late to class one day and you miss part of the lesson or anything in particular can happen. Maybe you're just bored in schooling. That doesn't happen in with game. games, storyline, games where you do actually learning the skills that's never boring you always get to go at your own pace and yeah you, so you've got the exactly the, the story sort of building areas of games the problem solving areas of gaming the, the strategy even the rule learning and then for the uh, more uh, maybe right-handed side of the brain there's uh, even creativity that can um, be encouraged and sort of developed in, in gaming um, and out-of-the-box thinking. How do you think gaming does achieve this quite well? So I would not say that gaming does anything more than allows you, like, like drawing a picture, right, and being able to draw something using art, like and a pencil, is very similar to playing a creative game. Uh, you, you might do both in... Um, you might do both and you might get the, the similar skills from both. One of them is seen as productive and one of them not by society, but they develop the same skill. Drawing a picture, right, it develops a sense of creativity, right? It might also develop your art skill or your fine, fine um, hand coordination, right? You also can develop that with games to an extent, depending on the game that you're doing. But regardless, in both cases, 
if you are given freedom, then you do need to find yourself in that freedom to push onwards, to enjoy your time with that freedom. Motivation itself, I, th I think sometimes games are even good at helping that. In a, in a time where learning can be quite um, painstaking in some um, areas of our <laughs> upbringing. Uh, what I will say about motivation uh, is that uh, a lot of kids, especially me, I wasn't challenged in, in a way that I could understand in school. Like, um, there, there wasn't really particular feedback. It was easy to pass all of my classes like, and get good grades. It never felt like I was being, being challenged. So I took a carefree attitude. And honestly, um, until like someone put a hard test in front of me, I didn't care about my education. But with a game, I can artificially inflate that difficulty or the creator can artificially inflate that difficulty and I risk nothing by failing and so that and the feeling of failure does motivate some people it, it also pushes away other people but I don't know if you can like um, a lot of people are discovering this feeling for the first time when like they play a, a cliche title like Dark Souls. They all of a sudden they hit a brick wall and they all of a sudden are interested in climbing over that. And that kind of motivation off of defeat or seeing that you can do it and that satisfaction that you get when you finally climb over that brick wall is something that I don't think any other media can do. You can do it in a very long term in terms of study-wise, but if you're never challenged by your studies, you don't get that motivation. No, it's, um, failure is sort of an interesting one, right? Is that um, you know, in real world, we constantly are pressured and incentivized to avoid it at all costs. Um, but in a game, like it can be bombarded at you with such succession that it's, um, you almost can make it become a motivating thing or just a non-threatening thing of like, no, this is just part of the gig and um, I use it, I face the adversity and I grow from it as opposed to letting me break down from it, right? Difficulty can give motivation and difficulty also requires a player to learn a skill to progress forward or to improve. And those skills might be a variety of different things, but skills, depending on the game, always is connected to a kind of authority. And that authority is not really replicated by many things that you can have as a kid, especially, because you don't have any authority as a kid. You are oftentimes protected by the world or or maybe you're in school and you just do what people tell you to do it doesn't feel like you have any agency over your own life at that time but dropping power in the hands of a player immediately allows you to learn different skills about how to properly use that power to achieve your goals yeah. And so I think those are the two really big, big things that separate gaming from 
any other kind of learning media. The earliest example that I know that I did learn something that was useful was actually RuneScape, where I learned how to read maps for the first time, and I learned how to get lost and find myself again. Because RuneScape is a big world, it, there's not, it lets you a lot of freedom to wander around, and you can easily get lost and you don't know where to go. So you do eventually rely on a map and you rely on memory and you learn how to get around. But I, I saw that when I was 10 years old and I saw me learning those skills because I recognized it because people would ask me dir with directions and I was good with directions because of the skills. Advantages of the gaming as a means to learn and self-improve versus um, the opponents, the, the classical learning methodologies, whether it's typical um, school education or other sources. Um. What I will say is that I don't think that uh, games can replace the classical methods of learning. As in the end, you're still going to need to read right, those books uh, about those philosophers if you want to study philosophy. In the end, you're still going to practice those times tables if you want to be proficient at math skills. You're still going to need to be able to train problem-solving ability and logic in formal settings as well as game settings. I don't think gaming can be a substitution for the classical methods, but I think that you can get a different skill set from gaming that you would not be able to with classical methods. So I think that gaming should be supplementary to an education in the same way that you should encourage a kid to join a club for a different reason. Yeah. Right? And um, um, how do you yeah. think um, it can be used as, you say, a supplement for other traditional learning approaches? So I think that there's too much of a disconnect um, from the classical methods to learning about it in gaming. And this is why I didn't realize what kind of skills I was actually learning in gaming until I grew up and until I actually had to use them in a more professional environment. But let's say that you are playing Sid Meters for the first time, right? Or so Sid Meters Alpha Centauri, and you need to plan a city, right? You need to plan development of a city and you need to plan economic growth of your empire. And you doing this can literally link into a classical method of looking at economics. So, like, being presented with these, I guess, actions and this authority, learning through this game, and then seeing, oh, these are what economists actually do, this is what the field of econ actually is, and I got some hands-on experience with that, that's a very good way to supplement and connect both spheres that I feel like hasn't been taken advantage. 
Oh, yeah, right. The problem is, is that, and this is an advantage of gaming, is that the curriculum in the game proceeds at your pace, but the curriculum in school proceeds at the school's pace. So it's a little bit hard to synchronize that. But I think there are different ways that you can sort of incorporate this yes. like going, going forward. It's like it, it would need take time to formulate a proper system to link the two different methods of learning that we're talking about. But I think there is merit to that. Yeah, you sort of touch on um, gamification and um, that's sort of getting a bit more spotlight in more modern times where you take um, a task uh, that maybe is not the most exciting and you add game elements to it like, okay, cool, if I meet my goal this week, I've completed, you know, a quest and as I'm progressing towards my goal, um, you know, I'm powering up my weapon and whatever. And so how well is that being done? I know it's a thing that's come out and has been tried in all sorts of places, sometimes to an amusing <laughs> uh, point because it's unrelated, but um, yeah. So the, the problem with that, right, the problem with gamification, right, is that it's the same kind of things as wanting to get good grades, right? It's just a little bit of a different sphere. The like the reward systems are still in place they react a little bit differently but you notice that having the reward systems in place doesn't actually do too much other than oh rewarding someone for getting good grades the like the spheres of influence are different the reason why you see it in gaming more than in schools and like with traditional grades and all of those things is that the people who like those reward systems are still in the game. People who like the game and its reward systems are still playing the game. Whereas everybody goes to grades. Everybody needs to do grades. So you're not really changing the formula with the gamification. The one thing that you're doing is you're expanding it because gamification can reward a different part of the brain but it's still a reward system. If the people don't care about the reward, then you're not going to to improve anything for anyone specifically. It's it provides a potential another motivation, but it's it's not a catch-all. I, I don't think there's too many merits outside of uh, adding another medium to to gamification. Like you, you can say, oh, I like these like quests and seeing things being checked off and getting like all of these different kinds of achievements and going for the next step up. What I will say about that process that is better than classical schooling is how it's potentially executed. Providing achievements in a game that allows people to learn and sort of potentially reach the next level in search of those achievements provides a way forwards, a much clearer way forwards for the player to learn a task. Right? Sometimes you might take a test and you receive a grade back, but you don't know how you could have improved right? yeah. in, in the test. Through certain versions of gamification, 
like an achievement system or a, a kind of progression system, you it can show you more directly how you can improve or how you can get better and how you can take those steps to be to further a process. Yeah, interesting actually. Um, like gaming also sort of reveals our flaws in a way, right? Because if you don't have the skills to you know uh, beat that boss. Uh, you're going to get uh, smashed. Um, but when you're just absorbing knowledge, you don't have much to gauge of whether you're doing right or wrong until, you know, a test comes along. And um, Absolutely. Uh, that way, the games offer a, like, more visual or, like, um, more tangible way of progression than schooling does. But I've seen, I've seen education programs which also offer, like, well-structured education programs that do offer a proper path forward. It really depends on the education program, though. Gaming systems and gaming reward programs and tutorials right, for games, they're modern. But the schooling system in countries, they're old-fashioned. They, they haven't changed for 50 years. Yeah. Right? So you should expect one to have more polish than the other. But I can't say that this is a benefit that gaming inherently possesses. I would say that the gaming developers have just found a better way than most schools. So how do we get our schools out of the dark ages? <laughs> how do I, I mean, it's, it's a whole system. And the people on top have gone through the same kind of well, schools that that everybody's gone. It like people really need to turn the system on its head, and the innovators need to stop focusing on how to well fill their own pockets or the next step thing, and learn how they can fix their own experience coming up. Right? They need to be, I guess, less selfish if that makes any sense like like even scientists right they they do have a reputation for being able to study something and to be able to innovate and problem solve it but by the time they get up to that high point where they are a professor and they have all of those kinds of that expertise and all the thing they oftentimes lack the self-reflection to be able to go back and to improve how everybody else did it, right? Especially because the people who made it through the system are good at dealing with the system. It's like people people need the opportunity to take apart and try something different with the education system. The problem is, is how do you experiment with education? Yeah, <laughs> you almost need a, it to be in a game where they can try this and you fail, and then you try that approach and you fail. And you yes, know, but, yes, but you the problem is it. that uh, during all these fails, there's massive fallout, and you know the the skill sets of the young are just falling apart. So you need a better way, right? Yeah, you do need a better way, um, and I do think uh, that studying the way that some developers have figured out how to teach the players certain skills in order for them to progress is worth looking at in order to design education programs going forward. 
I, I do think that's a, that's a big deal. I'm not sure that everything that you can learn is transferable, but I do think there is some merit. And, and at the very least, game theory is really important for taking a look at society as a whole and seeing how people, how you can put laws and policies into place that encourage a kind of specific kind of behavior from people. What sort of kind of scenarios may someone be thrown in in the game that would, you know, match what goes on in the world? And, um, you know, how does this promote kind of like practical learning? What I'll say is, is that I don't like labeling games as escapism, right? Showing you a different reality is not necessarily escapism. Sometimes people want to see a different reality. Sometimes people think the earth is flat and want to believe that, right? At least with a game, people know that the game isn't real. But people generally want to see something different. And it's not because they want to get away from the reality that they're in all the time. It's just because they want to explore and they want to experience something different. With a new game, there is this feeling of novelty as the game is presents you to something completely different. And it gives you everything. It gives you visual, it gives you audio, it gives you reading comprehension, and it gives you that tangible authority at the same time. So it's a, it's a more immersive experience than anything else can be. Here's an example of like this alternate reality, right? That, that you can sort of see. You can present a new type, type of philosophy. You can indoctrinate people potentially. You can do a lot of different things because of how interactive the medium is. Um, you actually see a lot of the times the US military is actually supporting Call of Duty a lot because of the glorification of the kind of soldier and combat that it portrays. And, well, I mean, it, it's a fun experience. And so using that, um, the U.S. military has actually taken full advantage of that sphere that it's carved out for itself and is attempting to use Call of Duty to indoctrinate people. Whether or not that works, we, we can talk about that later. It shows you a different reality, a different perspective, and it does change the way you think if you are presented with new ideas and it can show those ideas very much like a movie can, but with a more hands-on experience, it can make you feel like you've had more investment into that, so it's just a little bit easier to trace. In this topic, games are more like a weeding out. A lot of people can watch a movie and not understand the movie. A lot of people can read a book and not understand the book. A lot of people can play a game and not understand the perspective in the game. But the people who beat the game are people who understand the perspective in the game. By beating the game or getting to a certain point within the game, you do sort of have like a weeding out process of people who can see the game to its fruition and can understand 
all of the ideas and philosophies within presented within it which is different from movies and books whereas someone might just read a book for reading assignment and write a report on it write random gibberish not understand the book and then maybe even complain it in like a formal philosophy journal somewhere <laughs> and and it gets nowhere right um but it, but a game by getting to the end of the game and like through that hardship, through that difficulty, it's, it, ha it has that weeding out process. You sort of go into a bit of um, participation versus uh, mastery, right? Saying, oh, I've experienced that, so I must have acquired all the things associated with versus, you know, I've grueled through it, I've had to understand every in and out um, in order to utilize it to such an ability I can achieve something. Uh, so a lot of uh, fighting games, right, um, or at least uh, have so much depth to it, to them, that coming into them as a new player and it being primarily a player versus player game means that as a complete beginner, you are going to get your ass kicked. There's no, <laughs> there's, there's no way that that's not going to happen. And you're going to need to come into that experience understanding that in order to proceed and to have the motivation to keep going forward. Or you're going to need to start out with someone who is just as inexperienced as you, like your local friend, right? Who you both got in the game, you both never played it before, and you play against each other for a long time before you actually play with someone else. That is the... That is an environment where you need to have the mindset that you're going to learn this kind of thing. For a lot of games, you they need to be people need to be attached before they care about learning the game. So they need some kind of emotional investment. They need to think about some like something else. And some games they teach you this learning method without even telling you or e even you processing it in the first place. Like going back to Dark Souls, that teaches you a new way to overcome things so long as you can sort of think a little bit outside of the box. But you don't always realize that you're doing that. It really depends on the environment you're getting into, which the mentality to get into a game and to improve at it and to learn its quirks is very good for the learning mentality. But that's also very much like the person who actually is interested in learning another language just for the hell of it. And how do you deal right. with this frustration that comes through in games? In order to not, you know, um, burn out and just say, oh, I'm not going back to that, you know? How do you, how do you maintain this consistent sort of relationship with progressing through a game? People do, <laughs> do you smash your keyboard through the screen? <laughs> you know, do you, you do take up yoga? Do you just come back tomorrow? Do you breathe? Or, you yeah. know, is, um, is it a whole mix? What I will say is that people, off, a lot of people are off-put by failure. A lot of people are interested, right, when they experience failure for the first time. It really depends on the person. 
so so uh, something that's interesting that I found is is that a lot of people need to be able to blame their failure on something else to like continue progressing. That's not a healthy mentality for actually learning. What sort of s- valuable skills in a workplace do you th- can be learned through games um, that yeah are particular use and um, appreciative um, to have with you in an environment? It very much depends on the kind of workplace, but uh, there are some objectively good skills. Um, as we've we've already touched on col- collaboration, right? Working with a team, any job where you need to collaborate with your your other team members, you can learn some of those skills from games, right? You can learn coordination, you can learn teamwork from there, and you can learn vision and management from playing strategic games and planning in the long run, like in those games, to set up some kind of big system so that you can progress through the game. Like Those are two big skills that you can learn from that. Um, the problem a little bit that uh, you can't learn people skills from games, but you can learn how to coordinate with people. Yeah. <laughs> so the yeah, we, the people skills. Where, 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 what else do you have to incorporate into your life to get them? A lot of times, parents are overly pr- protective of their kids and don't really allow their kids too much, too much freedom to go out to like meet new people, and so like a gaming community online might be the way that they interact with people. But like, um, uh, if you've seen any of those documentaries about like, I don't know, these social games like Habit Hotel or like RuneScape or these MMORPGs, you can see that these environments teach, teach everything there is in a social environment. Uh, even like how to be a con man. Like how to lie, how to cheat people out of their money. That's <laughs> there's a huge documentary on how Habit Hotel <laughs> turned a bunch of teenagers into a bunch of capitalists. <laughs> <laughs> what was the basic sort of uh, series of events that went down there? Well, so the Habit Hotel is uh, a online, basically MMO format, sandbox type thing that has its own economy. Um, that is used to basically trade furniture. Um, and people, right, they want to show their achievements and prosperity or they even for just bragging rights. So they collect furniture and you can trade furniture and you can trade furniture for money. This currency, virtual currency that you get into the game. And you can set up these little mini games where you gamble effectively. So you can rig these so a lot of teenagers were learning how to rig gamble games ga- gambling games so that they just made profit yeah <laughs> i suppose that goes into how do we I, i'm not sure that's a valuable skill to learn from games that's <laughs> that, 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 that's 
like, but, but, but this is what I'm talking about. You can't learn that skill in real life till you're at that professional level. I'm not sure you people should be learning that skill, but hey, it's it's something that you can teach with games. What do you think the more uh, long-term impact of uh, like gaming on skill development, and personal growth, kind of is? I think it properly teaches people how to use authority. I think I think that is one of the biggest things that you can do. It really depends on the game and what kind of games that they play. But being able to properly use and reflect on the decisions that you can make is something that in the current world, I think a lot of people would benefit from and a lot of kids are benefiting from in this generation. Previously, kids didn't have agency over a lot of different things and now they do. And now they're rethinking the problems that they originally did, right, because of different experiences and learning that power from a younger age. What would you like to see games doing more of in terms of um, creating a, an environment that generates skills? Like, I think, I think games have, like, and a lot of games have already capitalized on the ability to have a person enjoy learning skills and getting better at the game. The problem that I find is is that the games often don't show the average player the benefits to improving, right? Especially like easy games, but also hard games. People who don't want to improve are just stopped from going anywhere. So I feel like if a game can show you more or the process of or anything about the benefits to improve and what that actually looks like and teach you to enjoy the process of improvement, then I think they can go a lot farther than they originally yeah, because yeah. um, they, they you almost need like a nutritional sort of table at the back saying this this is the effective outcomes of the person and skills and so on uh, that you may get from this. Is there ever sort of um, in gaming a case where gaming has has taught an individual or an individual something that's been very unfortunate, um, something and something that maybe needs to be weaved out? Like uh, we we could talk about violence in games, right? There's there's a big debate in psychologists whether or not games teach violence, right? Or violence video games teach uh, like a violence. But what, I don't you, what believe, are your yeah your thoughts yeah, on yeah. it? Uh, I don't believe that it's inherently true. The um, like the U.S. is one of the like least violent. There's a lot of big violence in the U.S., but like in terms of the people there, right? In terms of each individual there and the mentality towards violence, there's not too much mentality towards violence unless you're in very specific spheres, right? In those spheres, they have they've normalized violence for a different reason. I don't think that playing a game that you know isn't real and then 
and then taking those experiences out makes you more prone to violence. People have been fighting for millennia, right? If anything, the world is less violent than it was. I, I, I'm not sure I would have, I would attribute that to games, right? But um, all of this gore and people seeing all of this violence and gore in games and people playing through that, it hasn't made the world more violent than it ever has been in like the medieval ages. They, like Europe literally has the name of a hundred year war, right? <laughs> and the, the, the rest of the world has always been at war. It, that, that hasn't changed, I don't think, right? Violence starts with believing that hate in its essence is justified. <laughs> and I, I think that's one of the, um, so there is a case to be made in the thing, in the, in the debate that someone that uses games to learn how to execute violence more optimally might be a problem. That's, that is a debate that is akin to, I am providing these people the tools to be more efficient killing machines. That is the, the debate of, should I give a, far, a firearm to this kind of person? And that is, um, that, that is a debate that I can talk about later, but games are not inherently, the goal of a game is not inherently to kill, to kill or to do harm. But the goal of a firearm is, if you're going to ban games for inciting violence, then you might as well, then that's like a few levels lower than a fighting or than a firearm. You might as well ban all guns and swords and antique arms and armor, right? Before you ban games for that. Yeah. Even when you battle those things, they'll find two bricks on the side of the road and bash each other, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and if you're going to critique games for that, then also movies have the same issue. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> People have to maybe take the responsibility of how the, the media that's out there influences them. Yeah, uh, then there's also, a, like, but even early, right? I mean, uh, like, even before... Before video games, before movies, you had books, right? You had these books that could move people to violence. Yes. And, and because of the ideas attributed to them, right? Um, we, we could talk a lot about like um, the the really the, the books written by really bad people. We could talk about hey, like Machiavelli writing about all of these awful things that princes did and saying, right, if you want to survive, you're going to be needing to do this and this and this as a prince, right? Validating a bunch of different things. Like, that dates back all the way to literature. There's, like, you can criticize games for that, but if you criticize games for that, you might as well criticize a book for that in the first place and ban the book too. Are there any modern problems that can be attributed to games? I think that there are some people that have potentially like some kind of disorder, potentially like a gambling disorder, or in some way they have the risk-reward circuit in their brain yeah. misconfigured. And so those people are potentially more prone to addiction, to games, 
or through gambling, um, but you can gamble in a game too, so that doesn't really help, you know, that kind of thing. And so, like, um, certain kinds of games that try to feed into this reward to keep people playing might be causing this this kind of issue but for the majority of people who just spend hours and hours playing a game it's because they're enjoying the game and they're learning like their, their skill set and it's better than well i mean it's it's they're enjoying it more than they would do something else they don't need to play the game right which is the definition of addiction right like all of a sudden if someone if you take someone who's playing a game and who's enjoying a game and who's been binge playing a game and you take them off the game and you drop them in some weird new world completely different from anything and they don't have access to a computer anymore, they're not going to go through withdrawal. Yeah. Right? I mean, I like, like, that's... If you can get addicted to a game, you can also get addicted to TV for the same reason. Now, I suppose it's habit versus addiction. And so to people who are um, you know, seeking to, to learn skills through games, um, do you have any advice you would give to them? People entering this gaming world or even just um, currently in it? Um, some words of wisdom. Okay, uh, this is what I will say. Each game has a different philosophy behind it. And each game has an image that the author wants to present to the player. This, this depends on whether or not, like, we, we could talk about how the image might not be properly executed or a lot of different things, but that's besides the point. Each game has the systems that run on it, and each game has, when you're playing it, it's oftentimes gets you closer to how the author views the world. So, you can almost always take away a new viewpoint if you have the self-awareness of looking at a game from a new perspective, which is very interesting. You can also learn how people believe the world works sometimes, or how they want to believe the world should work by looking at the systems present in a game. You can learn, and a lot of different games explore a lot of different skills, but there's always a different viewpoint from the media looking at, at the game, and if you want to get as much from the game as possible, remember that there's a lot of different translations of a book. And there's also a lot of different ways of looking at the game. If you can like understand how different people might look differently at the game or at the book, then you can get more out of it. Yeah, the, the perspective is important for sure. Staring towards the future, um, this intersection of gaming and education, what, what do you think um, it looks like? going to eventually merge or at least be more easily incorporated to, into one another. Uh, I think that gaming as it is now is more going to be a club activity rather than a core curriculum, right? I don't think it's ever going to really be a core curriculum because a lot of games teach extremely specific skills 
that you'd only need for, well, I mean, that the majority of people who play the game don't need in their professional lives, right? Most people who play a strategy game never go on to become managers. But I do think that there is a lot of incorporation that can do. It's really, there's a lot of room for innovation, and I'm interested in seeing how people eventually tie the two together. Any final things you'd like to say to the listeners out there? The floor is yours. Um, I mostly touched on video games here, right? But um, I've also included a tabletop RPG as an, another example. But you can learn a lot about... You, you can learn similar things, especially in nature of competitiveness, from board games, right? Um, especially board games like... Uh, you start, one of the biggest skills that you can learn from board games is, is that you pay attention to other people more and on what they're doing and what their plans are. So you can think about that process more because you don't necessarily want them to succeed. You want to beat them. So there's, there's a lot of interesting um, skills that you can learn from board games as well. It's just... Uh, it, it's a little bit more. It's a little bit more constrained because board games are almost always played with other people around a a board that's and the content that you are presented in the game needs to be fit on the board and needs to be fast to play with with other people. So it's constrained in that case. Like, but a video game is not. But there's still some excellent um, skills that you can learn from that. Uh, I think paying attention to people and how people think and how people problem solve, but how other people problem solve can be learned from board games, especially. And um, using the skill of reading how other people's problems solve, how, how would you sort of apply that in life or in a career? Being able to see how other people problem solve sort of shows you a little bit of how their head works and what processes they go through. If you pay attention to this enough, and especially if you teach them and you see them learn a board game, you might be able to apply that experience to teaching people material in a classroom, like being an actual teacher or tutor. Being able to explain rules and how to play a game and how to show people different strategies in a board game makes you a better teacher. It just does. Thanks uh, everyone out there for listening to the episode and yeah, keep an eye out for the next one. Mm-hmm.